a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to me. This week on the Pizza Planner Show, we talked to a, a young woman who has uh, who's restarted her financial life basically from scratch in 2009. Now she's got to figure out what's next. What, what are the priorities? Uh, what's the primary priority? Uh, when there are so many priorities going on, sending kids to college, retirement, housing she lives in an expensive area and she joins us now hello lucy hello pete thanks for having me my pleasure did i just summarize that somewhat appropriately you did that perfectly oh well i'm fishing for compliments how's my hair look don't answer that it's bald <laughs> there you go <laughs> uh, so 2009 I, I mentioned this year what happened in 2009 that, that caused you to restart this whole thing I uh, went through a divorce and unfortunately was left holding everything financially from a house to bills to my ex's car, pretty much everything. Um, he didn't pay, so it came back on to me. So I ended up um, trying to go through a foreclosure or a short sale. They denied it, ended up foreclosing. I uh, thought my only way out was a bankruptcy and uh, went through that and have just started over from nothing to where I am today, raising two kids. So it's been a, a quite a financial journey. Yeah, so so nine years ago, you're, you have two daughters. I, I, here's how the show works. I occasionally make up facts about people. I feel like you have a daughter <laughs> that's 13 and one that's 11, or did I completely make both of those things up? That is correct. I'm right. Nicole, can yes, you write that down right. that I'm right? I'm very <laughs> rarely correct. Okay, so they were, what, four and two when this is all going down? Um, just about three and, yeah, almost um, two. And, and now three and a half you, you're, you're 45 years old. Let's, let's learn some stuff about you. You're 45 years old. Nicole is showing us your, your numbers now. Uh, your gross annual income is $105,000. Your net monthly income is about 5,000 bucks. You have a quarter of a million dollars saved, dare I say, from scratch, right? Um, right, yes. $1,300 a month away. You've got $21,000. This is a hell of a comeback story, Lucy. I'm sort of into this. Is that good? Oh, I and here I thought I wasn't doing enough. I, I'm so afraid I'm constantly behind no. the ball on everything. Well, so. you're what we call a box two person around here. And so let me explain, because otherwise, if I just leave everyone hanging, that's a really weird way to categorize someone. A box two is someone who's doing great. Like they're behaviorally, they're doing fine, but it doesn't feel like it to them. And so that, that sounds like that's you. Yes. Now, $105,000 is a nice income. And I'm going to throw an accept on here, except for the fact that you're in one of the highest uh, expense places to live in the country. Yes. So how's that work? $105,000. Oh, I could do my little calculator thing here that Nicole and I were doing. Let's, we'll, we're going to do a cost of living calculator so it gives some context. Can I say the city in which you live? Are you comfortable with that? Yes. Yes, we pay a high sun tax here. <laughs> okay, so you are in San Diego. Um, all right, so I'm pulling this up. Everyone waiting uh, there on uh, uh, the show, waiting for me to do my work. Just stand by. Okay, so if... If in Indianapolis, where this show is more or less uh, filmed out of, $50,000 income 
to uh, earn the equivalent of $50,000 in San Diego, a person would have to earn $79,204. So about 25% more. Uh, cost of living is actually 58% higher. I guess I, I'm really good at numbers here today. 58% higher in San Diego. So that 100 thousand is really like around the 70 range 70 75 in a in a normal market does that make sense it does which is a couple things going on here number one i i like your quarter million dollars but to that same tune if you continue to live out there in retirement you can stretch your dollars a lot thinner uh, out there because they buy a lot less do you think you'll retire uh, in the area in which you live i know you're only 45 but have you thought about that um, I love it here. I'm um, an East Coast transplant, and so there's always the possibility of uh, looking to go back later on, but um, I don't want to deal with snow, sleet, freezing rain. I, I like the sun, and uh, so I don't know. It's hard to say, and I think that's one thing I constantly worry about um, with retirement is, is being able to afford to live here. So let's let's air our grievances. What are the main things you feel like you're pulled in different directions. You got retirement, right? That one's pretty obvious. Right, uh, right. Um, and then renting versus buying. Um, of course, going through the foreclosure and, and starting over, I've never been able to have enough for that down payment. And I, I, I rent now and I feel like I will just never be in a place financially to save up enough to afford uh, a mortgage. Uh, and then, of course, on top of that, um, I'm also saving for um, my kids' college, uh, and I don't want to stop that because I want to help them as much as I can, but I know that's probably hindering everything else uh, as well because I am putting so much towards that a month. All right, so let, and is there any more? Because those are three the biggest ones you can have. Is there, is there any more? No, no, I'm debt-free. I paid off um, my car a year ago and um, went by a, a very... Uh, money cash budget. I keep myself on a cash budget um, so that I can stay in line with everything else. So I don't have um, the debt, um, just other expenses that come up here and there. So. All right. So let's tackle these one at a time. Let's first look at retirement because you brought it up first. Let's let's look deep into the future based on what you're doing now. You, you will be a millionaire. So that's good news. Uh, okay. And you will be a millionaire, uh, oddly enough, on my dad's birthday. So March 31st, 2031. So that is 13 years uh, from last, so from when we were filming this, last Saturday. 13 years, uh, 2031, March 31st. Does that seem like it's coming up fast or does that seem possible or what do you think? I'm glad it's possible. It still seems a little further away, but I know I have a lot to, to catch up on. So hopefully I can eventually put more towards it and um, catch make that date a little bit sooner. We also think, based on exactly what you're doing now and not a dime more, that by the time you're 67, you will have, actually, we changed that number, Nicole. That's one of the ones we changed. 2.25, $2.25 million at age 67 with a net monthly income of $5,200 a month, which will feel like $3,000 a month. But Lucy, this is where this gets a little bit crazy. It'll feel like $3,000 a month in San Diego, which, where does that get you? Right, not very far. Okay, so here's where we go next. Uh, from a retirement perspective, 
of being able to retire and, and uh, being able to re retire successfully and support yourself. Is there another option other than preparing for your own retirement? Like, is there a second method in which you'll be able to retire successfully without your massive input? Right. I mean, is there? That's a question. Not that I know of. Correct. That is the right answer. There was only one right answer. Yeah. You got the right answer. No, there is no other way for you to remain stable and um, liquid in, in retirement than to prepare for itself, which is what you're doing. So that's good. So uh, let's move on right. to the next one. From a college saving standpoint, is there another option for your daughters to get the education that both you and they want to get? Is there another option other than you paying for it? Only burdening them with uh, student loans. And I guess that's my fear. I was fortunate enough that when I went to college, uh, my parents paid for it. So I didn't come out with student loans. And I work in an industry where I see um, what the students are coming out with. And I just, I don't want to burden them with that or as much of it if I can help them. And, and okay, so this is the part of the conversation where we're going to have to rewind a little bit. You know, um, when your life changed a lot in 2009, you went through some things weren't fun, right? And, and a lot of them are behind right. you. This aspect of your financial life is not behind you. This, in my opinion, and not knowing a ton about you, Lucy, is one of the ramifications of all that is that, frankly, I don't think you are in a position to fund their education without unduly burdening yourself and ruining retirement uh, or burdening them appropriately. So I, what I'm saying is I don't think you can do both. I don't think you can retire uh, by the time you're 70 and fund their education at the same time. Okay. Do you know that? I mean, I assume oh. you know that. It's not fun to hear, but that's, it's math. I know. And, and I know that. I think it's just the denial that I just, it's hard to not want to do for them. Sure, but you ha you've done a lot for them. I know. You know, that's the, that's yeah. the thing. It's, and that, now, there's an option. There, there is an option. You've saved, what, $25,000 already for them? Um, well, yes, in their in their five twenty nine, they mm -hmm. there's twenty five thousand, and then I also put money aside in just a savings account for them. Um, one has twelve thousand, and one has eight thousand, and I continue to fund that um, as well. I put in uh, fifty dollars a paycheck mm -hmm. um, for each one. And then, are you putting four? Am I making this number up? Four hundred into the five twenty nine. Correct. Um, right now, and then what my original plan was right now for my youngest, um, she still has after school um, costs that I pay child care wise, um, $328 a month. So when that is up, um, come September, I was planning on taking that money and adding it to the 529. Now, if, if we look at, at how that money will grow with those contributions, like right now, let's say if you don't add the 328, by the time your oldest daughter is of college age, you'll have about $88,000 in 529 plans. By then adding the 328 in addition to that, you'll have roughly $111,000 set aside for retirement or uh, education by the time your oldest daughter gets to college age. And that's at a six per, actually, hold on. Uh, that's at a 6% rate of return, which is 
uh, important for you to know. So here's the thing, $111,000, that's a lot of money. Right. That's a lot of money. So it depends like where are they going to go? Are are they going to go to a private school that costs them $60,000 a year? And if that's the case, that, that is a problem. You know, do do you know in state, (laughs) luckily in state, I'm hoping to, uh, you know, one of the, the Cal state UC, um, schools. So something definitely within state to keep the cost down. I think your biggest fear, if I'm you, and this, maybe you've thought of this, maybe you haven't, is how do you prevent your, you, yourself, from taking on student loans on their behalf at any point during the process? Because right. not only does that mean that they've maxed out student loans, because for you to take on student loans for them means that they've taken on the most than they're allowed to take out. So then that only messes up them financially, but then it essentially ruins your retirement. Okay. And I do have their... their um 529 in, uh, not in age one, but in um, all stocks, trying to at least help kind of increase the amount that they were making. I had it in an age fund, but it sure. just didn't seem like it was making as much. Yeah, and you know, it's it's sort of different strokes for different folks, and it depends what plan you're in. Like, I'm in the age-based ones. I have a nine and a six-year-old, and they've been doing amazing. Um, okay. But but again, that's it's all relative to, to expectations on that. Um, Okay. The third thing you bring up is housing. And so if you never buy a house, do you have options on how to live comfortably uh, out in the San Diego area? Are there uh, other options than buying a house? You know, the rent just keeps going up. I'm very fortunate where I am um, that I've been here for several years and the uh, owner has not increased the rent. but she could, or if something happens and I had to rent somewhere else, the rent that I'm paying now would increase probably about 500 um, minimum um, a month. What, what are you paying now? 1750 a month. Okay, so the average uh, two-bedroom apartment rent in San Diego, according to, to what I'm looking at, is $2,200 a month. So you're well below market, which is great, right? Right. But of course, the median home price in San Diego is seven hundred and eighty-nine thousand dollars. Right. So that's why I, I just feel like, am I wasting time even trying to save up for a down payment? Is it cheaper for me for now to rent? Do I just dump that money maybe into retirement, and then when I'm ready to retire and I can pull that out, look at looking at pulling out a larger amount and maybe just moving somewhere else where I can pay a house or or condo or something in cash. I just, it's trying to figure out what's the best financial plan for me and where do I put it for now? What do you think the, maybe you've done this research, maybe you haven't. What do you think is the lowest uh, dollar amount of a home you could purchase right now in, in the area in which you live? Um, it's probably about 500 by, yeah, probably about 500, um, maybe 525. So that would easily double your rent payment, right? As to what you're paying now. Um, which, I mean, you could do that if you stop saving for retirement and stop saving for college and all those other things. Um, which seems like a bad idea, right? Right. Um, I I think you're in one of those situations that you probably will have to continue to rent. 
And if at some point in time, you have to make the decision to then move out of the immediate area you're in once your career changes and once the girls are out of the house, then that may be where you find yourself is that that housing decision has to get pushed off. I'll also say this, interest rates are currently rising. Um, you know, are we on the, the, the verge of another economic collapse? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just as much for you to say as it is for me to say. But I feel like getting into the housing market, which feels like it could be at another bubble, when it would be a stretch, would, would be a bad idea right now, in my opinion. Okay. So if I, I do have some extra money, um, possibly per month, uh, anywhere from 300 maybe up to $500 a month, should I put some of that in um, my Roth, the 403B I have, um, through work because right now I just have a, about $180 a paycheck going into that. Yeah, I think if you have, it, it goes back to the priority thing. I think putting money towards housing right now does not make sense. Okay, so let's eliminate okay. that one just for the sake of this conversation. Then it becomes, all right, do I more aggressively fund college or do I more aggressively fund retirement? I, I don't know. When you include Social Security within what you what you will have for retirement, you more or less have been able to replace your income at age 67 with what your income is today as we stand here and speak. So th that is to say, if you're going to increase anything, I would I would consider increasing uh, in increasing college savings at this point in time. I know I know I just said there's other options for right. college and there isn't for retirement, but your retirement's decent. Um, I feel like if you if you try to take that money and put it towards housing, that would be a mistake. But I feel like you can at least do yourself a favor by putting more into college now with just five years to go with your oldest daughter. Okay. Does that make sense? Is this making sense? It does. I think it's just, yeah, because I look at what I get over a bank account and I'm just like, I don't, the regular savings account won't really get me no. anywhere. And if I'm not going to save up to buy a house now, I would rather invest it to where it can really be used to um, its fullest advantage and make the most money off of it. Yeah, that's why I think saving for a house right now is a mistake. And I also feel like um, if you, you, you need to make sure that you're, you're investing that money for college as opposed to putting it into a savings account. Like it needs to go in the 529. I, I highly recommend the age-based portfolio because okay. you're not gonna know when to pull out of the market, right? You just, you just aren't. Right. We, as we, as we speak right now, I mean, the market is in this just complete turmoil. Um, an age-based portfolio takes some of that worry out because it gets a little more conservative as the girls get older and going to school. So I don't know. I always hate to get into the, if I were you thing, cause I think it's silly, but if I were you, uh, I would definitely go age-based portfolio and I would put that extra money towards college. Cause I think it, it's the nice middle ground because if you don't have enough money for college, not only will you burden them, you'll end up burdening right. yourself. And, that, and that's what scares me. Like you taking on more student loan debt, personally, you, 10 years from now is a really bad thing. Right, yeah, because I'm so used to not having that. I just don't, I don't want the the loans or, or the bills or any of that. So oh. now, right now I'm putting uh, money into just a savings account for them. And that was just kind of ex you know, I knew that we would use it for college, but maybe for other expenses 
two, is it more beneficial for me to not put it into that and just dump even that into um, the 529, or is that extra money really not going to make that big of a deal? If you have a, if you have confidence that they're going to school, like if they're going to college, then I wouldn't put money in a savings account uh, because you okay. need the growth. I mean, you need 6% over 0%, right? You need that growth of the five to 10 years that they'll be in that, that college age. Because if you don't, I mean, it, it can be tens of thousands of dollars of difference over time. Okay. That does not to and say, yeah, don't move the savings you already have there, but I, I wouldn't actively save a lot into a savings account for them going forward. Okay. And there's still enough time, even with my oldest, for her to, for that to, the interest to compound to where it, it, um, increases above that, what's in there now, that 25000 Sure, of course. And even if the market like takes a huge correction here soon, which arguably it's in the midst of, you know, it doesn't take but five years to recover. It, it's never taken more than five years to recover uh, on a down market. So, um, the, 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 you know, past performance is not indicative of future performance, but yeah, there's plenty of time. Yeah, there's definitely plenty of time. And is that another reason why it's better to have it in an age space versus how I have it in the stock? Because it's going to, it would take a bigger hit Absolutely. all in stocks. Yeah, if we go okay. through, and not again, not that we're not in the midst of a correction right now, but if we, we really go through a big correction and you're all in stocks, you're going to get just hammered. Okay. Then I don't have to look at it obsessively like once a month, like I do right now and constantly see yeah, where should. it is and if it's making money. That's what keeps you wow. in the box too, right? You don't want to be box two, yeah. which is, which is you're, you're anxious all the time over the good work you're doing. You should be able to enjoy your good decisions. And, and one of the ways to do that is to stop looking at your investment account all the time. Well, and it sounds like I'm doing better than I thought. I guess I am always thinking I'm not doing enough and I had so much to catch up on. Um, for all those people who started, you know, when they were 25 and I didn't have all of that. And so it was felt just felt like it was, it's never enough. I'm never putting enough in. Are you sure you weren't so. born in the Midwest? Cause that's a uniquely Midwest <laughs> thing to be like, I'm not good it's, enough. <laughs> no, nope. East coast at heart. So all right. Well, who knows? Maybe in a previous life. All right. Anything else I can help you with? No, that, that's good. You've put my mind at ease that, that I'm in a good place for retirement. And it helps to know um, college savings versus the house. So I can just uh, keep on, on the renting for now and, and focus on that and just move forward from there. Yeah, so. it, it stinks. The housing situation stinks. I just feel like right now is not the time to take action on that. And, and that, again, that's my opinion. But when I retire, I can take out like a large enough amount and and just maybe buy something at that time i wouldn't i wouldn't take an asset okay. and turn and because then it's a balance sheet transfer you're taking an asset you're making a purchase and there's no income creation i would rather you use income off of that asset which is your retirement account to regularly okay. make a payment on something like I, I think that makes more sense and again this is not practical but the real solution right. is to not retire in the most expensive real estate market in the world. I mean, okay. right. that's sort of part of it. Okay. Maybe I'll win the lottery one day. That's a good Still plan. Yeah. There you go. See, there is always a plan. There's always a plan. I love it. Well, best of luck to you and your girls. Congrats on, I mean, a, a heck of a rebuild. I love it. You've done a great job. So good job. 
Thank you very much. My pleasure. All right, that's it for this week's uh, Pete the Planner show. San Diego. Mm, it's lovely. And people are like, oh, it's the perfect temperature. And here's the thing. They're right. It always is. That's why it's so expensive. Live here in the Midwest where it's 71 day. You get a tornado up your nose. The next day it's a full blizzard. Because who in the hell wants that? That's it. I'm Pete the Planner. Live somewhere nice. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money like then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. This is not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Released from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings. It's from a faraway land, I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound and travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol, stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, adjourn. beats I burn, I burn, I burn. This I adjourn, this I burn, I burn, I Salutations, I bring you love, Tron greetings. From a faraway land, I am the sole controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, Tron can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it?